Assalamu alaikum. It is Monday, the 27th of June 2022, and in our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 329. Uh, currently, we are looking at uh, Al-Baqarah chapter 2, verse 102, and this is the 10th broadcast uh, <clears throat> about words of that verse of the Holy Quran. These uh, broadcasts are brought to you by Laser. Lahore India School of Education in Religion, which is a department of uh, MDA Numanishat Islam or Lahore India Movement. The uh, MDA Movement was founded by Hazrat Mirza Ulama Ahmed and his teaching was that although people say that uh, an old prophet will come after the holy prophet Muhammad, this is incorrect because the holy Quran says about the holy prophet Muhammad that he is Khatmun Nabiyyi. And the holy prophet explained it by saying, La Nabi Abadi. There is no prophet after him. He didn't give an exception. There is no profit after me. So there cannot be any profits. Old ones or new ones. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad said that uh, his claim was that in accordance with the Hadith, he was the Mujaddid of his century. Just like there had been previous Mujaddids for previous ages. But he explained that his distinction was the fact that other Ahadis spoke of a Messiah and Mahdi coming to guide Muslims and those titles applied to him. So he was the promised Messiah and the drew Muslims attention to the fact that yes this is uh, a matter on which we uh, disagree 
but we mustn't call each other kafir. And he drew Muslims' attention to the Hadith of the Holy Prophet, which says that if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalima, you're not a Muslim, it is the person saying it who is in fact not Muslim. So we should avoid such heresy making and be one united Ummah. Hazrat Sahib also taught that uh, people believe that some prophetic revelation is not in the Holy Quran and some verses of the Holy Quran are abrogated. He said this is totally wrong because God has said in the Holy Quran that He has revealed it and He is its guardian. So if God is guiding, but if God is guarding the Holy Quran, so how is it possible for some prophetic revelation to get missed? And even more strangely, for some that is actually a part of the Holy Quran, for it to be abrogated. And Hazrat Mizawlam Ahmed said that uh, jihad is a fundamental duty of every single Muslim. But for the definition of jihad, what is jihad? We have to look at the words of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. When coming back from fighting, the Holy Prophet said that Muslims were returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad and explained that the major jihad is jihad bin nafs, the jihad with your own self, your own desires, your greed your enmity, your jealousy, your arrogance, the jihad against all of those things. So we should remember the wise words of our beloved Prophet Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Let us now turn to <clears throat> Al-Baqarah verse 18. A'udhu Billahi Minash Bismillahir Rahman. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wa ma 
This follows on with the thing about Harut uh, and Marut. Nor did they teach it to anyone. So that they should have said, we are only a trial, so disbelieve not. So today we are going to look at the uh, the words of Maan. You Ali Maan, Min and Ahadeh. So these are the words we are going to look at today. So let's go to the dictionary. Vama. Well, as I keep explaining that uh, a lot of what we call words in other languages are actually expressions rather than individual words. And uh, I've given this example many times, for example, you know, the, the noun in Arabic for uh, book is kitab. So if you say kitabi, that is my book. E is added, ya is added at the end of kitab. And this is why many people in grammar say that they are uh, expressions. They say it's a word consisting of so many morphological segments. So they would say this word consists of two morphological segments. Ba, it means and. And ma, which means no or not. So <clears throat> that's about it. There's not a lot more one can say about that. So the next word we have is you alimani. And its uh, root is Qayn Lam Meem. And from these three letters, we find we find in the Holy Quran fourteen different words. And in total, they appear in the Quran three, uh, sorry, not three, 854 times. Uh, 382 times as Alima, and 163 uh, times as Alim, and 105 times as Ulim and 73 times 
as alamin and 49 times as alam and uh, 41 times as allamu uh, sorry allama and uh, i don't know i can't remember if i mentioned alim which is uh, 163 times and uh, 18 times as alim and 11 times as ma'lum so and uh, people who know do farsi and so on it's easy for them because they know that uh, if you join together those letters it makes ilm and the loose definition is uh, knowledge and knowledge you can gain you, you can categorize in two ways and one is by uh, sort of how you find out something it could be that um you know like a person's name for example you know you could say shahid and which shahid maybe that there are many shahids or shahid living in swindon oh okay so that narrows it down so it's not shahid living in lahore it's not shahid living in new york It's not Shahid living in Buenos Aires. It's Shahid who lives in Swindon. And here you can see that both things have to be combined. One is a name which should give you all the information about the person. But there still wasn't enough information. So an adjective had to be added extra information had to be given um uh, for you to be able to determine which person and um, and that is the difficulty by trying to understand something just by its attributes that there are, there may be many people there may be many things that have that have the same attribute so oh, what's that animal called that has four legs is the cat has four legs dog has four legs horse has four legs cow has four legs which one are you talking about giraffes and lions and elephants and tigers and cheetahs and the list goes on and on and on so you have to give extra information so that people can understand what you're talking about another way is to actually use the antonym the opposite 
what it is not. Like in chapter 8, verse 60, the Holy Quran says, La ta'alamu lahum ya'alamuhum ya'lamuhum What you don't know, God knows. So this is defining something by a negative. What, I, what is it that we are trying to understand? This is God's knowledge. So, you are doing it by a negative. How? Well, a human being can only know a very limited and small amount. I mean, you know, uh, people don't know everything about botany and zoology and astronomy and uh, a thousand other things. That person is saying what you don't know, God knows it. Another way of saying that is God knows everything. Now there's another way of categorizing knowledge and that is that there are some theoretical subjects and if you study them and you understand them etc then you have gained all the knowledge that is it's like calculus you want to learn calculus learn differentiation and integration and uh, how to calculate area under a curve and how to calculate uh, the volume of a solid of rota rotation as it's called, blah, blah, blah. And once you can do that with a pencil and paper, that's it. You've got all the information. You don't need to do anything else to perfect your knowledge. But then there are uh, areas, take the example of surgery. If you did the same thing with surgery as you do with uh, calculus, do you think you would be able to take out someone's appendix? I mean, you know, someone is clutching their stomach and collapsed on the floor and running a high temperature and so on. Can you say, oh, that's okay, just get me a knife from the kitchen. I read a book on how to take out appendix yesterday. So let's have a go at it. A thousand things might happen. You know, take the example of, uh, uh, let's say, a car mechanic. He attends college, college, he learns about engines and this and that and so on, in theory. And then when he goes back to work, if he's an apprentice, he learns about the practical aspects. I mean, you know, supposing you want to change the air filter on your car. You read a book and it says, oh, well, that's okay, undo those three bolts take the top off, take out the old filter, filter, it's probably black, put the new one in, put the lid back on, 
partner that's screwed with the, 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 the bonus. Or the screws, and that's it. Easy. But then when you go to try and unscrew the bonus or the nuts, you find that they were rusty and they jammed together. Now the book doesn't tell you how to deal with that. The book just says, you know, undo the boat. Easy peasy. So you say, okay, I'll put some muscle into it. And you try and force it. And then you break it. What do you do now? The book doesn't tell you. The point is that theoretical knowledge, although useful, doesn't complete your understanding of that task, that thing. So, sort of practical is required. And God says, uh, you know, the words like ilm and uh, so on uh, are used in the Holy Quran. The Holy Quran says, Ar-Rahmanu Allamal Quran, chapter 55, verses 1 and 2. Rahman. Now, when people translate that, they say, Allah the Merciful, the Beneficent. The word Allah is not there, people say God the beneficent, the word God is not there, it just says the beneficent. Anyway, what's he done? Allah al Quran. He taught the Quran. And in another place, talking generally, generally about. Uh, Knowledge. This is uh, chapter 96, verse 4. Allama And he taught it, he taught it, he taught knowledge through the pen. So that's referring to the fact that, you know, pres- preservation of knowledge is very important. And humanity only started to develop when they started to preserve knowledge. <clears throat> what did God teach you? Chapter 6, verse 94. He taught you things that you didn't know. And on the positive side, while you only Muhammad Kitaba will Hekma. Chapter 3, verse 164. God taught you the book and wisdom. Now, the word book is also used for the Holy Quran, it's also used for the law. Etc. So 
<clears throat> and uh, we have expressions like olive come from the same root, which means the universe. Olim also means a scholar, but it also means the universe. But in Arabic, what people do is they don't talk about Olim as the universe, they talk about Olimul Insan, the universe of humans, Olimul Hewan, universe of animals. Alimul, Alimul, Alimu, Binabat. So they categorize things which are similar, they put it in one category, and all of them in that category they say is Alim. All the things in that category are there. Alim of whatever. And this is why God is called Rabbul Alameen. He is Rabb of all the categories. Now it's the uh, Alim al Insan or uh, Alim al Haywan, whatever it is. He is the Rabb of all of them. Not just one or two, and three can do their own thing. No. When he develops them, takes, finds them in a lowly state, an inferior state, and then develops them. You know, take the example of a baby. Can't do anything. Mothers have to feed them, clean them, then they learn to crawl, then they learn to walk, and so on. So, uh, God develops them until they are perfected. <clears throat> Next one is min. That just means any. And the next one we have is ahad. So it consists of three letters, and those three letters are its root: hamza, ha, and God. And uh, these two letters are used to make two, uh, they, these three letters are used to make two words, and uh, in total they appear 85 times in the Holy Quran. 74 times as Ahad, and uh, 11 times as Ishta.
Like it says, La nufarriko baina ahadin. Mean any of them. Used twice in that sense. Hatta is a khadara ahadahumul baut. One of them. So <clears throat> it's used both in the positive sense and the negative sense. For example, if you knock on the door and someone says, what's happening, you're knocking on the door, you can say, you know, not even one person is home. So this is, you're using it in a negative sense. But then, in a positive sense, it will mean one. For example, we say, Kulhu Wallahu Ahad, chapter 112, verse 1. Now, this uh, Ahad is not necessarily one as in maths when we are talking about God. Here it will mean unique, the only one, the one without comparison. You know, other things and people you can compare. Remember that boy, which one? You know, we were at the cinema, he was there, he was a bit taller than you. So you're doing a comparison. But God is incomparable. He's unique. So you can't compare him, you know, with other people. Uh, I mean, sometimes people do, you know, with Sometimes when, uh, you know, one person tries to order another person about, you know, they can say, well, who do you think you are? God? You're telling me do this, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not going to listen to you. You're not God. So, you know, there is that sort of negative comparison, but you can't compare him with anything to describe him. As I was saying, you know, um, if you see his dining table, you know, compare it to mine. It's twice the size or half the size or whatever. So when God is concerned, Ahad means unique. Not the arith arithmetic one where you can add another one to it and it will make two. That is all for today. 
So I take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, khuda hafiz and goodbye.